Before we start the show, I just want to take a moment to remember a friend of the motorsports community, Nikki Hayden. He died uh, this week at the age of 35. He was born on July 30th, 1981, and was a very successful motorcycle racer and uh, just an all-around incredible guy. He'll be missed, and uh, our thoughts go out to the Hayden family and all Nikki's friends that he made all across the globe. This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo Radio. Hey everybody, it's Dale Jr. back for another episode of the Dale Jr. Download with me always is my co-host and editor and producer and decent friend. Decent? Yeah, I can't give you all the credit. Okay, well, that was enough. Tyler Overstreet. Hello. So, um, oh, we got a good show today? Yeah. I see your show. We've got a heck of a crowd. Yeah, there's lots of folks out here. Appreciate everybody for showing up. It's Charlotte week, so, uh. Uh, everybody's in town to see the races over uh, the next couple of weeks, and we get quite a bit of traffic here at the uh, gift shop over at uh, Junior Motorsports. So it's great to see everybody this morning. So let's get the show started. All right, so uh, we uh, do the post-race Periscopes every week. If you don't know what Periscope is, you can download it if you have a Twitter account. Do you have to have a Twitter account? Uh, you do, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, well, Periscope basically is um, something we've been doing post-race. We talked a lot about. Um, it's a great way, I think, for uh, us to talk to the fans after the races and kind of let them know exactly what we're thinking right after the finish. Right. So It's, it's um, kind of like a podcast because you're controlling your message. Good point. And putting it out there. So we talked a little bit about the All-Star Race in our Periscope once we got to the house. Uh, it was a not a very good night for us. We finished 18th. Uh, we didn't use our green tires. Yeah. Were you surprised or... Would it have mattered? It might not have mattered. <laughs> I don't think it mattered. Our car wasn't very good. We unloaded on um, uh, Friday, and the first thing out of Greg's mouth was, mouth was we we're four-tenths off the pace, so what's going on? What do we need to work on? The car was really, really uncomfortable, and, um, you know, we tried to work on it. We had one particular run in practice that actually was pretty good speed-wise, but and that surprised me because I thought that that was going to be, uh, you know, how the car drove in the race. But it didn't drive very good in the race. We struggled all night. There wasn't a middle or top groove for anyone to try or work on. Uh, they had. Uh, this is something that I don't think a lot of people know. They put some that uh, THC. VHT. VHT. Sorry. They like, put like Bristol. Yeah, that sticky stuff. They put it on the bottom groove at Charlotte. Um, I noticed when. I noticed when I was out there on the racetrack that there was some stain. Um, there was some stain around turn one and two, and then so this stain mark around the bottom of the track. When you got off of turn two, the stain mark actually turned around and came back the other way. And it, you know, it's like somebody was driving 
this pattern right? over and over and over and over and over, right? And I'm thinking, they've put something on this racetrack. Uh, that's the only explanation for it. So, In both ends, though, right? I suppose I couldn't see the stain in three and four, but I talked to some uh, Charlotte Murray Speedway officials, and uh, they confirmed to me that they did put that down on the racetrack in the bottom groove, and that's why that track was a one-groove racetrack. Did they say what the logic was? They did not. Oh, maybe they didn't know. They're just like, hey, this worked at Bristol. Right. I mean, the that's what I think I'm very confused about is, and this is no excuse for how he ran, but right, it's, yeah. It um, actually, you know, what the race was described as uh, kind of boring. Yeah. Um, one, it was definitely one groove. There was no middle or high high side for anybody to use. Well, especially the All Star <laughs> race, not the the Open was okay. Yeah, was it? Yeah, it was pretty good. They had a couple good moments in there. Yeah. Um, and that, and I've always talked about how this track races better during the day when the sun's up and I think that's going to be um the case when we go back there in the in the fall cuz we do run that race during the afternoon the Charlotte race the cup race so anyhow they um uh, we've struggled with this racetrack at night being a single groove track uh the bottom groove the the temperature of the track surface actually goes down that increases grip the grip's going to be better when the track's cooler and so everybody goes to to the bottom. That's the fastest way around a track. A guy can, you know, your guy just can't make the time up on the top side. In the daytime, when the track's really, really slick and hot, uh, the guy can use the top and actually be a little faster than the guys running the bottom. Particularly as the run goes on, as the tires wear. So I don't know why. I don't know whose idea it was to put this sticky stir, uh, substance on the bottom groove that's already going to be dominant. It just really blew my mind um so what if they would have put it maybe in like the upper third well that's that's a good point you bring up because yesterday um after i guess hearing from drivers or or people like myself they began to apply this to the top groove oh yeah so now not only is it on the bottom or whatever's left of it from the race they're also going to put it on the top so but the top will be a fresher coat yeah so we'll see how that works out um I don't expect it to uh I, I would love for it to improve the top groove and make that really a, a an option, you know, in the race cuz I like to run up there anyways. Um it just su- suits my my style pretty much at any racetrack that has a high groove. I like to go up there and see if I can get it to work. Um but I was ah man, I was so confused. But anyways, that's really no excuse for how bad we ran. We had a terrible night. Um I don't want to uh, you know, it's not a lot of fun to talk about. We talked about it quite a bit after the periscope, on the periscope after the race, I mean. Um, and he, I guess people want to know, I guess if as a, you know, as a fan, people want to know, what are we going to do to, to what's, what's going to be different going back, right? We don't take the same car back. Obviously, uh, you know, we're sponsored by Exalta in the All-Star Race, sponsored by Nationwide in the 600. So they already have the, the other car ready. Um, and going across the setup plate and prepared for the 600. And so uh, we go out there and we run like we did. Jimmy ran really good. Um, so our setups are actually quite different, a lot different. Um, from from the front of the car uh, to the back, it's, it's, a, it's a little bit different. Greg says it's, you know, mainly a lot of stuff on the front end of the car is quite a bit different. So we'll... Uh, after the race, after the all-star race, I, ca- I talked to Greg, um, 
Sunday morning, we talked quite a bit. We're basically going to take our uh, 600 car, put it back on the setup plate, go all the way through it, put it back, put it just like Jimmy ran in the all-star race, and start from there. Now, this is a bit, um, this is not uncommon. I mean, it, it's kind of tough to sort of go away from what you want to do and what your ideas are to do something exactly, you know, just sort of be a carbon copy of your teammate. But when, you know, when your teammate runs really well, that's what they're for, you know. That's what your teammates are there for, to use that information. So Greg's not too proud, neither am I, to uh, to see something that's working and try it. We're going to start just like, uh, you know, just like Jimmy ran in the uh, All-Star race. I'm sure Jimmy and knowing Chad, they've already made a few changes beyond that to their car. Right, yeah. They're always, you know, trying to improve. So he's not going to go exactly like he was Saturday night because he didn't win, you know, didn't win the race. He's going to make a few adjustments there. So... The great thing about, um, you know, having your teammates, them being so transparent that we know everything they're doing and they know everything we're doing, is that if we go to the racetrack pretty similar at least, if not the same, then the drivers can communicate throughout the weekend. I can go to Jimmy. I'll talk to him this week, and I'll say, what are the sensations you're feeling? What is what? Did, I feel this. What did y'all do to try to fix that? And since our set, setups are really going to be similar, and this is something we've done in the past, and you try to do, um, we'll be able to really lean on them more. Uh, if our setups are completely different, then a lot of things that I want to try on my car aren't going to work. Uh, a lot of things that he's trying on his car aren't, aren't going to work on my car and so forth because the setups are completely uh, different theories. So this will really... Uh, so it's a bit of a reset. It's base, Yeah, it's big time reset. Mashing the reset button. I'm a bit uh, more... I'm a bit more uh, positive about uh, the potential to run well this weekend than I was post-race uh, Saturday night. I was pretty disappointed and uh, not sure exactly how, what you know how to what to be excited about as far as going back. Um, but after talking to Greg um, and talking to Jimmy a little bit, and we'll talk more this week. Uh, we're going to have a lot of practice, a lot of opportunity to really work on the car for the All-Star race. We unloaded. Uh, out in left field and you only got an hour hour and a half to fix it so we ran out of time we didn't get our car we didn't we didn't have enough practice for us to really understand how to fix our car and that showed up in the race uh, for this weekend we'll have many hours of practice and opportunities to uh, breaks in between to really sort of go over the data and try to make some make some improvements so Oh, man, it's going to be a, a long race if we don't run any better than we did this past weekend, but I'm anticipating it to be a little bit better. Hopefully um, we can get up in there and mix it up. Uh, and that's uh, that's about all I can tell you as far as trying to give the fans an idea of how things are going to be different. Uh, Charlotte's always been a very tough track for us, especially since the repave. Greg's looked back. You know, We were talking about uh, the last four or five years. We really don't have... Any of those races really don't stand out as events where we ran great. Um, and so it's it's not like, you know, we ran awesome at Texas. We had a very real fast car at Kansas. Those are mile and a halfs. Uh, but Charlotte, the things that work at all the other mile and a halfs don't seem to work at Charlotte. Charlotte's a really, really rough racetrack. And um, it's a bit of a... It's it's kind of a bit of anomaly. Uh, it's we you know you almost got to treat it like a road, road course. You know, like it's gonna have, it, you're gonna do things to the car at Charlotte that you won't do at Texas or that you won't that won't work at Kansas. And some of the things that work there 
don't work at Charlotte. So uh, we sort of got to get out of our mind frame of what we typically do at the mile and a half to get our car to work at Charlotte because the things that we're trying that worked everywhere else are not working. So um, you kind of got to treat like treat this racetrack like it's uh, like it's completely different than the other mile and a half. And hopefully that approach is going to help us this weekend. <clears throat> so let's talk about. Uh, you know, the all-star race, people were underwhelmed about it. They complained about clean air. The drivers complained a lot about clean air. Um, a lot of the guys talked about moving the race to a different track. There's tons of debate. Some people say, uh, you know, it's a short track format. Go to short tracks and race there. Jeff Burton says we ought to go to South Boston and race it. South Boston? Well, he's a big South Boston fan. Oh, that's where he, he's that's from where South he, Boston. Yeah, that's where he started his career. No doubt it would be an exciting race if you took it to any short track. Yeah. Um, I know it would be pretty awesome uh, to to see the All Star event for me and Bucks at Bristol. You're going to see some action, and uh, I'd probably pay to go see that. Actually, don't be surprised if they move it. Don't be surprised. Like next year, don't be surprised. I I don't know when. I'm yeah. just saying. Don't say, Bert, uh Bruton and uh, Marcus uh, own Bristol Motor Speedway. That yeah. would probably be the track that that's top of the list of everybody uh, that wants to move the event. Um, Bristol as well needs a bit of a shot in the arm as far as attendance goes. Uh, so don't be surprised if they move it there. I haven't heard anything, but that would be cool. It would be cool. One thing though, that does not fix the issues of Charlotte Motor Speedway. Uh, the races there have been underwhelming. Um, it doesn't help when you put, uh, you know, when you make the bottom groove even stickier. Uh, so they shot themselves in the foot a little bit there, but um and they can't repave that racetrack i mean that's just too much of an undertaking um if anything they need to try to figure out a way to uh, inc- uh accelerate the aging process of the asphalt especially around the bottom of the racetrack if you look at this racetrack it was repaved in 2004 2006 six all right look at that track when was kansas repaved 2012 Look at the difference in the color of the asphalt in kansas and charlotte charlotte looks like it's brand new it's still dark and it's not aging. Uh, Kansas, on the other hand, is very, very light, dark, uh, light gray. It's aged very well. We 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 run from the top to yeah. the bottom of the racetrack. It's an incredible that that is sort of the standard of what you want in your racetrack surface, as it ages and improves and the racing improves. Um, Charlotte's surface will not age. They and the reason why is they it was the first racetrack they repaved with rubber rubber polymers in the mix. So instead of uh, crushed seashell or or rocks, they used rubber uh, to create this asphalt, and that's the first racetrack they repaved with that type of uh, technology. Is it the only? No, they've done every track ever since. Oh. But maybe they, apparently, it's obvious that they've learned to back that ratio out a little bit, not so much rubber polymers in there. But whatever it is they did to Charlotte, it is, uh, it's too good. Um. And and I really don't know, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm not a I'm not an expert in in asphalt, but um, they you know they they need to make a they need to make some changes somehow, some way to get that track to uh, to race a little better. I think racing it during the day is a good is a good move in the right direction. Uh, does that fix every? Does that check every box? Probably not, because um, you know the surface is just too too grippy. But um, it is getting rough. It's very rough which is a good thing. You want that kind of character in the racetrack. So 
We are running the ra uh, race in the fall during the day, as I said earlier, so we'll see how that turns out. Seems like the day races do look a little bit better. Um, Kyle Busch wins the all-star race. Yeah, and after we were driving home and we read the tweet where apparently his crew chief said, donuts to the right. Yes, donuts to the right. That is not like Krispy Kreme or Dunkin'. No. And donuts to the right basically uh, means that he wants his guy to, obviously, you know, when he celebrates, to celebrate in a particular direction so that if needed, it res it sort of resets the car to where it will roll through the LIS machine. Yeah. And this does not mean that they're cheating. Right. You Everybody knows how inconsistent the LIS machine is. All his crew chief may be doing is say, if you're going to do any burnouts, do it this way right. so that that LIS machine doesn't screw us over. Right. So, um, but or they could be, they could have some things in the rear end that are moving around that he wants to make sure yeah. are set. Uh, to where when it passes, when it goes through the LIS machine, it passes. Another thing people were complaining about on Twitter was there was a picture of his car in Victory Lane, and you could see that one of the lug nuts was distinctly loose. Yeah. Where, like, they did the pit stops, then made everybody come back down pit road for a lug nut check. So people are like, well, how is that lug nut loose? And you didn't say anything. But then I also read that for the All-Star Race, you only had to have three tight. So it's like a different rule every week because usually you have to have five tight or you get in trouble. Mm -hmm. But obviously you're not going to suspend somebody for or find them for a lug nut violation in the all-star race, I would assume. Why not? I don't know. I mean, it's it's not for points. They should just have to have it. If they're not all tight, put them to the back. That's what I think. Oh. I, I don't think you should find them for the all-star race. Why not? The race is gimmicky enough. Mm. I mean, rules are rules. I think they should be straight across the board, enforced um, consistently. Uh, that's real frustrating uh, from my point of view. I, I'm sure it's frustrating from anyone else's point of view to see, to learn really after the fact that there's different rules for different races. Right, which I read that on Twitter. and You I was would just like, assume that the rules are the same all the time. Yeah. In particular, those uh, those type of rules. Um, you know, that's really on NASCAR to... To yeah. be consistent, to be more consistent. I mean, it's pretty, pretty. I mean, it, it was pretty obvious that it was loose, but it is what it is. Yeah. Um, he still made the pass to win the race. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't it like uh, he did not win because <laughs> of not, that. I know that, but let's not minimize the rule in the in yeah, the, in the I, violation. Take Kyle out of it. I'm just saying you. This is a rule. Yeah, it's been a rule. Yeah, they yeah. should. If you're gonna enforce it, enforce just enforce the damn rule. Yeah, what the hell? I don't like how you know they decide um, <clears throat> when and where and how severe. It seems like on a whim. That's a. <clears throat> I don't like the precedent stuff like that sets because yeah. then you can be like, oh well, last time you didn't say anything. Yeah. Well, speaking of Kyle Busch, <laughs> you um, posted on Instagram the picture of you and him Friday in your bus. After he delivered you some new caramel M&Ms, which are phenomenal. Yeah. And people lost their damn minds. Mm -hmm. So, people lost their minds that we hang, we hang out? Yeah. That yeah. you're friends. Why are you friends with Kyle? Yeah. Well, one time, me and Kyle were actually, uh, there's been a couple instances where we just like to do things to mess with people. One time, 
we almost we talked about uh, swapping spots during drivers' intros one time. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, he like at least got to the door, but yeah. then he came back, pretended like he was going to go out there. Yeah. Um, there's been uh, yeah, and it, there's been a couple times where we've uh, we've had some good long conversations about our companies. Him running the truck series, us running the Xfinity series. We face some of the same challenges. So, and we're actually only about a mile and a half from each other. Our shops are. Uh, we talk a lot about you know kind of the things we we're doing to you know to stay alive and to survive in the sport. Uh, so we've uh, in those conversations, you know, Kyle, he'll come. I'll you know, if, I'm a big fan of M and M's. Who is who? Yeah. So uh, you know, there's been times when uh, he's you know I've leaned on him to get me some M and M's, and uh, the caramels came out. So I saw they were doing something on social media, and I said, hey, man, send me a case of those if you can. Being the guy he is, like, no problem. He brings them over to the bus, uh, sits down on the couch. We's talking a little bit, having fun. Uh, he's telling me about his truck series uh, stuff and how fast they were that weekend. And then this video of Shaq oh, yeah. playing basketball with some uh, in a pickup game, I guess against some uh, smaller guys, much smaller guys. Obviously, everybody's smaller than Shaq. And uh, Shaq's pushing them around, throwing them across the floor and dunking on them. And uh, me and Kyle decided to take a video of that, and if Kyle won the truck race, that I was going to post that, that this is what Kyle looks like in the truck series, picking on the little guys. And uh, so we kind of have fun with that. And the, my, my, what I like the most about it is that Nobody can read Kyle's comments. None of my fans can read Kyle's comments because oh. he's blocked them all. And a lot of people, on, a lot of his fans might not be able to read my comments because maybe I blocked a few of them. So me and him will start talking about things, you know, and get a couple, get a couple, get a little bit of a thread going on Twitter. And the comments from the fans are, can anybody read Kyle's comments? I can't read Kyle's comments. I think Kyle has me blocked. And it's just a bunch of that, which is pretty funny. Um, you know, we we used to, yeah, we used to hate each other, uh, no doubt about it. It was, uh, I think Kyle thought when we came over to Hendrick that we pushed him out or we took we were taking over his ride. Um, one of the things, uh, you know, I've I told Rick uh, when I came over there to drive uh, at HMS that he should keep Kyle. Um, between between Casey uh, Mears and Kyle, I said, you know. But you know, looking at the the numbers and the statistics, that I think you should keep Kyle. Um. So we um, you know, but I don't think Kyle knows that. Uh, that I was sort of uh, in his corner to stay at the team. I think Kyle thinks that I came in there. A couple other things happened. Uh, Obviously, the Richmond wreck. Well, we way before that. If really? you look back before that, um. I wrecked him off a of turn two at Kansas in the season, his last season, and then me and him got in it. Uh, and that was in, after you y'all had wrecked at Texas, and you got in his car. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I ran into back him off a of turn two at Texas. We got into it at Homestead in the final race of the season. We had a little incident coming on the pit road that he thought was my fault, and so we be, we we were chasing each other around the racetrack at Homestead with our crew chiefs begging both of us to sh to quit being idiots. And um, it was just, uh, it, it culminated in us uh, really kind of hating each other for several years. But 
I think getting married and him having kids has certainly changed him a bit. Um, he's a lot, uh, you know, a lot more pleasant guy to be around. Yeah, he yeah. always seems very nice. He is super nice. So, um, anyways, yeah, we we get along pretty good, and I uh, think that's fun to that's fun to play off of because our fans definitely do not like, you know, his yeah. fans don't like me, my fans don't like him, and uh, so we have a little fun with that from time to time. Now moving forward to the 600 this week, obviously it's been it was your very first start. You've had several close misses as far as winning that race. Close misses. Close misses. <laughs> yeah. Is there one that sticks out? I mean, obviously the one where you ran out of gas. Uh, you know, that's one thing. That's another thing. It's not fun to talk about. Close misses. Close calls. Close misses. I don't. You know, it's it's those one. It's those races that got away. Uh, yeah, we've had some opportunities to win races there. Just hasn't worked out. Uh, probably the one where we were leading, uh, going into turn three and ran out of gas uh, in 2011 with with Steve. That was going to be an incredible win had we got there. Uh, so close. Uh, flat tire while leading in 2008, running in the top, running the top. So it didn't really hurt the car too bad. But then uh, Yaley in the '96 ran in the back of us and destroyed the back of the car. Um, we stayed out and won, uh, finished fifth on fuel mileage that race, which is a great strategy by Tony Uri Jr. Um, <clears throat> in 2000, as a rookie, we won the pole. Yeah. Set the track record. We led 175 laps. Kansas won the race. After a lengthy, lengthy rain delay, we ended up fourth. That was a fast car. That was car. the week after we won the all-star race. So, uh, we finished third in 2015. We stretched, a fuel run to the finish yeah that was the one where y'all had you'd ran like fourth or fifth and then something happened and you got shuffled out yeah. and then y'all pitted again and then somehow biffle and edwards got ahead of you and then it just went like 70 laps green mm -hmm. and we couldn't get back by them the 600 is an incredible event um unique because of the mileage there's no other race that i know of in uh in stock car racing that's beyond 500 miles uh, it's at Charlotte where we grew up. We, you know, we're going to this racetrack ever since we were a little kid. So this is a very special race for me and would love to, uh, to take a trophy home from, from Charlotte. So, um, we have a lot of things going on, obviously with the Charlotte weekend, we have, you know, obviously, you know, the fans are in town. Everybody's, uh, here to see the race. We have a big day coming up. Uh, at Junior Rotor Sports. Friday. Friday. Fan day. So fan day, try to explain to people what fan day is. Like if they're, if you're going to try to tell a guy why he needs to come out to fan day, what is he going to see? What's going to be at the, at the shop here? We're, all of our podcasts will be recording. There will be two autograph sessions. Which Wait a, we, a podcast are going to be recording. What does that look like? There's going to be a stage out front. Yep. Right now the weather looks good for Friday, so okay. there's going to be a stage out front. Uh, Kelly's show will be out there. Door Bumper Clear will be out there. Um, These people can watch this live. Yep, you can come out. It'll be in the cul-de-sac right out front. There'll mm -hmm. be a bunch of sponsor displays. We're going to be what out there. What are sponsor there. displays? Like what? What? What is like this? Hunt Brothers Pizza has this van, and they make pizza. I don't know if they're coming this year, but you get free pizza. Okay. Nationwide will bring a show car. They usually have a simulator car that kids can race, adults can race if you want to race right. that. So all the sponsors will have like little kiosks out yep. there and the fans can... They'll be doing giveaways and 
Educating people on what their products are. Some free stuff? Yes, free Mm. stuff. You want some free stuff? I think fans might. Yeah. So uh, there's also an autograph session or a couple different autograph sessions, right? Yep. The first one is you, Michael Annette, Anthony Alfredo, and Josh Berry are late model guys. The second one is our other three Xfinity guys, William Byron, Elliot Sadler, Justin Algar. And we did the we did a lottery for those though. Right. That's just already to, chosen. Yeah, just to make it fair because that way you don't have people needing to camp out for two days, which happened whenever we had Danica. They camped out for two days and that was rough. Yeah. Um so we'll have the autograph sessions. We're gonna have all the podcasts like we said. Uh Sirius XM radio will be out here all day. Chocolate Myers and I think Jim Noble, I'm not sure. Um so there'll be a lot of stuff going on. Me and you will be out there on that stage doing our podcast. We're going to make a little announcement, too. It's actually not a little announcement. It's a big announcement. So that'll be cool. And then we're going to have all the JRM guys on our show. So it'll be fun. Great. Are you prepared? Uh, yeah. What What? what do what, you mean, what, am I what? prepared? For the show. Yeah. You got questions dialed up? It's not Friday yet. Oh, God. We got some time, man. Okay. Today is Tuesday. I know. Uh, Tyler, the 23rd. We got a few days to get ready. Um, so also, did you know there's a store discount? Yeah, I was going to ask you if you were going to talk about this. I will talk about it. Okay. If you go up to the front counter here at the Junior Nation Retail Store and mention the code DMR15, mm-hmm. you will get 15% off your purchase. That is now through May 28th. So the code is DMR15, and you get 15% off your purchase. 15%? 15. DMR15. DMR15. DMO Radio 15. Yeah. All right, man. Well, that sounds pretty cool. 15% off your purchase. If they come to the the recording of the podcast any Tuesday, they also get that discount, no? Yes. Right. All right. Unless Kathy tells them no. So, but it says this applies just, yeah, now through May twenty eighth. Yeah, that's next week, or that's Sunday. But if they come any Tuesday, so it's going to apply beyond yes, May twenty eighth. Yes, there's usually a Dale Junior download Tuesday discount. Ah, yeah, that's this must be different. Yeah, hmm. it may be. Must be. Might just be a different code. Maybe it's DJD fifteen. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Make up your own code. Yeah. Just say um, I have a code. If they say DMR20, does that get them a 20% that discount? That does not. It does no. not. It's just DMR15. They were not happy with DMR you last week. DMR50. <laughs> no, DMR15. Oh. One five. 15%. All right. So uh, come check us out Friday. There'll be stuff going on all day. I'm going to be here for a good little chunk of time from 11 till about 3, right? We're doing the autograph session and then our little podcast recording out front, which is going to be fun, fun, fun. It's going to be fun. Bring your sunscreen, though. I'm in the shade. You said we're at the cul-de-sac under the tree. Well, I might want to be under the tree. I'll Mike put, Davis is looking at me like, All right, I'll put a little bit of sunblock on. Oh, Mike says now we're not under the shade. We're not? They must have changed the map. Arr, it's going to be so hot. Mike. Oh, Mike can't talk. Mike, there's no shade? There is shade. Oh. But you're, I don't know where the cul-de-sac under the tree thing happened. 
Well, oh, shops where did that come from? Shops at a cul-de-sac, and there's a tree right Where's on the, the tree. We're not under a tree. There is a tree. There's a big tree right there. You're not going to be under a tree. Why is not? My point. Oh, that's the perfect place for the tent or for you the just stage. Just be sitting under a tree. The trees, uh, the stage is going to be right out front, right here. It is in the cul-de-sac. It's, it's just not backed up to that tree. It, it is backed up, not to a tree. No, there's a tree. I'm glad there's a tree. The I'm not disagreeing <laughs> that there's a tree. I've seen it. There's trees out there. You're not going to be backed up to the tree. Damn, we need to move that. Yeah. There's going to be shade. I saw a map. My vision had us at the tree. Did it, Did yours not? Yeah. And I saw a map, and it was like a square, and it was like, this is where y'all are going to be. We're going to put you right by the tree. Oh, you saw a map? Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe. that well, map this, has changed. Well, this just got awkward for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Maybe we're backed up against a tree. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. <laughs> now we're talking. Yeah. If not, then we know where the tree's at. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah. do know where the tree's at. Yeah. All right, guys, we're going to get to our Ask Junior questions. As always, we take questions on Twitter using the hashtag Ask Junior. We're joined by Mike Davis, who will be our moderator, and fire off questions to me and Dale, or Dale and me. Which is correct. <laughs> me and Dale. Okay. I, I got a question for you guys. Just to so if, it's, uh, if, if I'm not here, it's Dale and I. Nope. No, I mean, um, when do you use I and when do you use me? It's like... In a sentence, if you would say I normally, then you say Dale and I. But if you would say... No, I thought it had something to do with the person either being present or not present. No. I don't think so. But I am definitely willing to devote this entire segment to figuring this part to out. Grammar. Because <laughs> it, it, to grammar. Because this is important to me. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I well, just, there, has somebody asked a question yet? I've got a question. And then, yes, there's some questions coming in. So, everybody, uh, you know, send us your questions. We're going to try to get to as many as possible here on the Ask Junior segment. Are you guys sore at all? We had a DMBL basketball game. Have you talked about this on your podcast yet? I'm a little sore. From there's basketball? other people that are sore. Yeah. Did it get physical last night? We just didn't know it. We won. Yeah, we won. That's by, true. We dominated, dominated actually. By, we won by 20. We're all on the same team, so we don't have a problem talking about this, yeah. do we? It was a stellar performance by the convicts. Okay. Well, that was the first Ask Junior question. It was from me. Here you go. TL Star 2014 says, what do you think the young drivers need to do to get more fans in the sport or to win over the older fans? I like the second part of that. How do you win over the older fans? Well, uh, there's a lot of things, I'm sure, a lot of ideas that we won't, we won't come up with in here. But um, to win over the older fans, I think that if you show appreciation for the history of the sport, if you show knowledge for the history of the sport, if you know uh, – and recognize the guys that came before, the older drivers. Uh, that helps a lot. People appreciate, you know, young drivers that certainly have respect for the past, uh, you know, that know about the past and know about the history of the sport. So I think that that helps a lot to at least get, you know, add some credibility to yourself or to the job. Uh, the young guys uh, are going to get new fans, uh, <clears throat> with their with their um their activities on social media fans consume content completely different they don't sit on a couch and watch the races anymore they're on a laptop or a tablet uh there's you know there's instant communication throughout the week on social media and the drivers that activate that the uh most often are going to be the ones that make the most connections and interactions with fans uh especially new fans um I hate to say this, but uh, just a couple weeks ago, 
they took Larson, Blaney, Chase Elliott, and maybe Suarez to New York City, and sort of it was Eric Jones, not Eric Suarez. Jones, sorry, yeah. and they put them on a uh, media parade where they just had them doing different things, morning shows, all kinds of different things throughout the day, maybe Dan Patrick, whatever. Um, those guys, I hated doing that when I was young. I didn't want to go anywhere. I wanted to be home. I wanted the day off. I wanted to ri- drive my race car and then goof off with my friends. Uh, but the guys, the young guys that are coming in are going to have to be open to going and doing those things, getting outside of their comfort zone, doing these TV shows, uh, especially TV shows that are sort of outside the racing bubble. Those are where the fans are. Uh, those are where the people are that don't know about the sport or don't know about these particular drivers. They need to put themselves in front of those guys, in front of those eyeballs. And uh, so they got to be open to, to doing that kind of thing and traveling. There's some drivers that are really like, yeah, I'll go do whatever you want me to do. You Bl- want me to go? Blaney and Bubba would go anywhere. Yeah. And, you know, and that's that's the kind of you – know, not everybody's going to be like that, but that's the way some of them drivers – those drivers need to be open to that type of marketing. Um, I was always really shy about it. Didn't feel like – you know, when I'd get involved, invited to do a, night, a late night show like uh, – Leno or something, I didn't. I would always say, "Well, I don't want to do it unless I've won." You know, I don't. Ha- I don't know why I'm going on there if I didn't win last week, or I didn't feel feel like uh, worthy, I guess, of being in that air- arena. Um, but those drivers have to have the confidence that they belong there, and they need to go do those things, and they need to try to look at it as you're representing the sport, promoting the sport, not yourself. And so, <clears throat> I think that we have a lot of young guys that are that are definitely um, anxious to be active that way. Um, what What are some other great ideas you think, particularly to get you know the uh, the the current fans that we have, the older demographic of fans? I think it's going to take them like having on track success. Yeah, especially well, for gonna, like the fans that's fan that is already there. We're going to assume they're going to have on track success. What do they need to do beyond that? They need to be able to go out and interact with the fans. Whereas, like, for instance, we're at Kansas on the red carpet, and there will be guys just blazing down there. There will be fans screaming, hey, 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 sign this, sign that. And you're, like, taking time to sign for a bunch of that crowd, and you got guys just burning through there, not even acknowledging them as though they're too good. And that, if I go to a Panthers game and Cam Newton does that, I'm like, well, he didn't give a damn about me. Yeah. So if I'm that fan and I'm like a lot of those guys aren't every fan isn't yelling at them. So it's not like they're overwhelmed like, oh, I don't want I I would have to sign for 100. There's maybe five that want your autograph. This guy's autograph. Like, just take the time. Yeah. Why are you so busy? Mm-hmm. So go above and beyond. Because I know your schedule and I see this, the time you take out. So to- go above and beyond when you have the opportunity to have a one on one interaction with a fan. Right. Like, you don't need to go and sit at the down. Race, particularly at the track. Yes. Right. I don't think you need to have, like, a five-minute conversation. That's not logical. But at least stop and say hello, sign their autograph, take a picture real quick. It's going to take you 10, 15 seconds max. People are saying on Facebook Live, just be approachable and that you're approachable. And that's the thing. I think that's uh, that's pretty key right there. Right. Be somebody that is inviting to come up to, uh, you know, just approachable. The other challenge on that, I'll say this, is, you know, taking these drivers to New York and doing those media runs is one thing. But there's also a challenge to get the 
media in New York to care and to want them on the shows because NASCAR has to go pitch those late night shows and say, hey, will you take a Ryan Blaney? Will you take a Chase Elliott? Will you take a Kyle Larson? And they just as easily can say, no, we're not interested. We want, you know, X, Y, Z and these big name stars. And that's a challenge as well. So even more reason they got to sort of set themselves apart at the tracks and be approachable and also find that thing that really makes them interesting uh, so that the national mainstream media starts to know who they are. That's mm-hmm. a challenge. Remember when Ward Burton won the 2002 Daytona 500? Like yeah. he, the, and, and so he went on that Daytona 500 run. Nobody wanted him. Like that was – nobody. you know, David Letterman didn't want Ward Burton. And so that's, that's also a challenge that needs to have. You know, got to beat that. All right, here we go. Let's see. Next, next question. Carrie Taylor asks, wife and I are going to Key West for the first time in a few weeks. Any suggestions on sites or bars we can check out? Oh, Key West. So a lot of people say Key West, and they just uh, – they mean like – some people think Key West is like all the keys, which is about a, you know, one hour – it's about an hour drive. Or some – you know, Key West, in my mind, is the four-mile square island of Key West. Some people, when they say, oh, I'm going to Key West, they mean – they, they might be in Key Largo or uh, – you know what I'm saying? Does I this guess. make any sense yeah. to you? It does. I mean, Key Largo is not – how far is Key Largo from Key West? Two and a half hours. Yeah. If you're in Key Largo and you think you're in Key West, there's bigger problems. They just – some people think Key West is anything south of Homestead. Yeah. The, the, anything. The Keys. Well, it's not. I'm going to Key West, man. Well, you're actually <laughs> an hour from Key West, so I can't really – I don't know anything up in up in that area. There's a, there's a bunch of different Keys. But if these people uh, – if these people are going to Key West – down there um, on the very, very end, I have like a list of uh, places. Me and Amy keep a list of places because people ask us all the time. Um, where to go? Where to go. So we keep a little list. And it it's a bu- you know there's a bunch of great places to eat. There's a bunch of great bars. Uh, there's, a, there's a fun old bar called Viva. That's on Duval Street. That's the one that's haunted, right? It's supposed to be haunted, and that you can go upstairs into the room where this this uh, this death took place. Um, after, and you probably this sounds very creepy right now, but after a few beers, you're like, hell yeah, let's go up there and see it. Um, so you can go uh, go to Viva. It's an old old style. Uh, kind of a step back 50 years into what Key West was like uh, many, many years ago. And it's a open-air kind of place. We kind of sit right up at the windows on the sidewalk and uh, watch people walk by. It's great people watching. Um, take a quarter, and when somebody walks by, drop it on the concrete outside and ask, tell them they dropped a change uh, and mess with people. <laughs> And That's the one where you'll sit in the window and like yell across the street, at re- like try to guess yeah. people's names. Yeah. So if you see a guy walking across the street, holler, Billy, Billy. Never Billy. No, that looked like Billy. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so you can play little fun games with people. Um, Viva, that was one of our, our, and they got, Viva has this really, really good buffalo chicken wrap that's that's bread and panko crumbs. Pretty good. So uh, obviously down on the, uh, down on one end of the balls, uh, there's a cluster of bars that are, uh, they're easy to find and, and pretty much, uh, you know, anybody that's taking a trip down there 
tourists and so forth are going to be in and around that area. Uh, but some of the t- tucked away places, like uh, and less less sort of crowded places, like Viva, is where I like to go. There's another place called Shots and Giggles. It's a real small bar. Uh, it's in a it's in a house, a uh, very small house, but very cool. Shots and Giggles is great, great, great service there, great staff. I like Grunts. Grunts is another freaking awesome place, and it's hard to find. Uh, Grunts is about a half a block or a block off of Duval, and they have the number one rated food truck in the state of Florida in the back of Grunts. And they've got frosty mugs. And they have mug. Yeah, they serve their beer in frosty mugs. They set them Mm. on uh, oven mitts on the bar, and literally they're covered in ice. Uh, Very good. Uh, the the food truck obviously is amazing. The guy's upgraded now. It's a food airstream. Oh yeah, I remember the first time we went there, and you're like, "Oh, you gotta get this wrap or something." And I get up there, I was like, "Man, that burger is looking good." And yeah. So I got the burger, and they, it was phenomenal. They have a Japanese beef yes. wrap, wrap or something that's really good, and he gets the cheeseburger. Mm. And then but it was so, so we, good. I think we it's went hard. back a second. We went back another uh, trip. And instead of getting this Japanese beef wrap, he gets the burger again. So Tyler's menu. There's like four. His menu oh of gosh. life isn't that complex. I know. There's like four options on this menu. And I'm Tyler, everything on here is phenomenal. And you know but why you got the cheeseburger? Keeps getting because the burger. Because they, they didn't have pizza. Yeah, probably. That's, am I wrong? No. If there's pizza, he's going to order it. So it, He yelled at me last week. We went to a Japanese place. And I was like, oh, yeah, I bet they got a good spicy tuna there. He well, get, you get it every time. He gets spicy. Tu- <laughs> he gets a spicy tuna roll. You know, if you go to the sushi joint, there's like a million rolls, and he gets the spicy tuna roll every time because he doesn't know nothing about sushi. He knows nothing. About, he's like, I don't know what else, what these other things are. I know, I know what that I like that one. That's the probably the. He even ordered it for me. How embarrassing was that? What's going on? Like, how involved are you in what he orders? Is That's in itself a story here. Like on a scale of 1 to 10, how much does it annoy you what he orders when you're out with him? 10. <laughs> Man, does anybody else have that effect on you? Like do you care what Amy orders? I don't know because she, she gets a variety. She doesn't get the same thing every time. I mean, I'm telling Amy's you. Amy is a person that will read the menu and go, that looks really complex, and and I have to see what that is. Give yeah. me that, and she won't get the same role twice. Mm. <laughs> but I don't want to be disappointed. I if I know the one is going to be good. There's another Why meal around get, the corner. And okay, so he he gets just the spicy tuna roll. So it's really not enough. You could just get two rolls and just try something obscure. And if you don't like it, you don't have to eat it. Maybe next time. And sushi's a, uh, you know, sushi's a kind of meal that you can actually pass to someone next to you at the table, and they can eat it. Yeah, that's true. If they ever he have, did, he did share the edamame with me, though. <laughs> edamame, well, that's really I branching out there. <laughs> I didn't share it. It got to the table, right, and he began to he began to eat it. <laughs> right. <laughs> if they ever have a cheeseburger roll, uh, my gosh, you will you'll jump There's into the sushi. There's this one thing. in uh, Daytona. It's called a Kentucky roll. It's like fried chicken and mayonnaise. There you go. That's, that's it's, hard to, it's hard to screw that up. All right. There are people asking, would you ever start a bar, uh, the Whiskey River in Key West? But um, we've spent a lot of time on Key West already, and yeah. I think we're all, we should be paid from the tourism yeah. department there. Uh, but go, answer that one quickly. And we'll we're, move on. You know, our, our, our focus right now is 
uh, airport terminals. We're opening Whiskey River, and uh, and we're talking about opportunities to open uh, Whiskey Rivers in more airports. We had a lot of success at Charlotte Douglas uh, with our Whiskey River there. Uh, we'd love to open up a second location at Charlotte. It's a big enough airport, and um, we uh, opened one in Fort Lauderdale as well at the airport there. Um, and so Raleigh. Yep. So. We're talking to several other pu- uh, hubs, and there's a great potential with that business. Um, every, you know, that's been a very good fit for us. Uh, the standalone locations, like we have in downtown Charlotte, uh, create a lot of create a lot of obstacles, I think, and uh, a lot of challenges. We obviously, uh, you know, we kind of see where we belong, and that 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 uh, that uh, airport hub has uh, been pretty exciting for us. So. Still growing that business, and uh, you know, like I say, we'd love to have about a dozen or more around the country in uh, in different airports. Here's a good Charlotte Race Week question, Darth Hendrick. I'm going to ask. Oh, he's can, he's going to love the fact that you answer, you asked yeah, his question. Yeah, I know. Can I visit the race car graveyard without getting arrested? There's probably a fifty fifty chance. I'd say no. I'd say it's better that you will get arrested. Yeah. <clears throat> so. Trespassing. I put it this way. Yeah, people that have tried, they didn't <laughs> succeed. Yeah. You don't want to cross Sonny Lunsford. I'm going to tell you that right <laughs> exactly. now. Exactly. Don't get on his bad side. It, it'll end up worse than being arrested. You'll wish you were just arrested. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. CJ Cornell 11, what's the best way to meet you at a race? Been watching since 1999 and never had the chance to meet you. A lot of times, uh, you know, it's just kind of uh, by happenstance, I think, in and around the garage going from the – from the bus to the car, uh, from the from the hauler to the car, back and forth, uh, from the you know from the hauler to the media center when we do media availabilities, uh, out on pit road for qualifying, we're we're out and about. Anytime we're you know we're anytime there's uh, track activity or just before track track activity or just after it, we're going to be in and around the garage area, uh, signing autographs for anybody who walks up. Um, that's a great opportunity at the race. Yeah. But once you get on the other side of the pit wall or you get into the garage stall, just stop because then it's time to focus on the car. Yeah. Fatty Mills asks, are you taught or instructed on how to hold a Mountain Dew bottle during interviews? Obviously, uh, I was taught a long time ago working with Budweiser that label out is the way you, uh, is the way you hold the can. We um when I when I first started working with Budweiser they t- they put me in a truck and I rode around for a day helping one of the uh uh one of the drivers uh you know take Budweiser to the gas station and put it up in the, put it up in the rack or to the grocery store or what have you and so he was telling me about his job and how important the label out is and the you know the competition amongst all the brands on the aisle having your Having your stuff look the best is important, and trying to turn everybody else's bottles around is real important. Wait, um, they they do that? I, that guy was. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> Overachiever. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just uh, – so label out's important. I mean, people need to read the label. Uh, so ever since I worked with Bud, uh, way, way back, that's been something that I've, I'm aware of, and it's just something you do on instinct. But I don't know if it's that important. Uh, but Mountain Dew sure appreciates it. <laughs> I think that is important then. Yeah. One of the funniest things, I'm going to tell a quick story. I don't know if you remember this. When we went to AMP, 
as a primary sponsor in 2008. They tried to get Dale Jr. to drink AMP right after the race, but after a long race, you know, a carbonated beverage is probably not what he wants. It's hot. He probably wants water. So what they did is they started giving him the water bottle that had AMP on it, and they put water in it. Only I don't think either myself or Amy Walsh told him that it would be water this week. It was good. He was expecting AMP. So when, when he takes the sip with the interviews and the cameras going on, when he takes the sip, he was expecting AMP, and it was water. Now, just not that water tastes bad, but when you're expecting a carbonated beverage – all of a sudden, he spits it out like, like it looked like it looked like old faithful guys are just going out everywhere live on camera. So we're like, okay, I think we should have probably told him that there's water in that this week. But the label was out. That was good news. But spitting it out actually uh, comes counterproductive yeah. if the label's out. Um, let's see here, Jay Coker. He had a good question here. Any hesitation about going to Taco Bell in Indianapolis? <laughs> Uh, would you even go to Taco Bell in Indianapolis? We know Tyler wouldn't, but if you were going out, do you have any hesitation now? Um, you know, because of the robbery? Yeah. Uh, Taco Bell's pretty good. <laughs> I like my chances. I, um, talk, yeah. I talked to Dario. He said it was pretty scary. You did? Yeah. I texted him and said, hey, I'm glad you guys are okay. Wow. Look at but there. Me, he had, uh, me and Dario became friends through our uh, history with uh, concussions. So we had a lot of conversations over the years. But um, talked to him, and he said he was uh, – he had a few jokes that I won't tell. Good. Uh, but uh, – and he said Ganassi was quite colorful with them afterwards. And uh, I don't – you know, I'm just glad they're safe. But I like Taco Bell. Amy's a big Taco Bell fan. And so, yes, I this does not deter me from going to Taco Bell. Listen, but that particular one. I don't I wouldn't know it. I mean, I, I I don't know where it's at. I don't know where it's at and I don't want to know. Yeah. So, if I happen to go to it, I'm not deterred. I want my Taco Bell. It's going to be a big disappointment to whoever tries to hold him up when they realize he doesn't carry his wallet yeah. anymore. I know. There I, I did that the other day. I went to Lowe's to buy something. I got all the way up there and I was like, "Damn it." <laughs> and then See? they don't have Apple Pay. Not just me. Had to leave. Yeah. yeah, he did it by it accident. A, yeah, it was awkward. <laughs> I don't uh, do it on pur- I don't do it on purpose. I remember today. You did? I have it. There yeah. you go. Wow. If you're going to hold him up, today's the day. Tommy V17 asks, do you, do multiple tire compounds have a place in NASCAR like in other racing series? Okay. Uh I don't think so because of it's because we're oval racing. And I uh you know, when you have multiple compounds, typically it's just on the road courses, and that's where I, that's where I think it works really well. Uh, I think, yeah, it would work at our road course races, but for ovals, um, and we saw this in practice, the guys would guys would put that soft compound on and only be fast for a couple laps, and, and then, then actually, they would actually go slower. Actually, it's slower on the back end of the run. So where's the advantage? I mean, yeah, it's a little quicker for a couple laps, but it didn't make it. Didn't make it passing. Uh, didn't make passing any easier for those guys. Did you think? No. I mean, from where I was sitting, it didn't look like those guys were just kind of moving through the field with these. Uh, and then they, you know, the advantage is gone in a few laps, and then they're kind of sitting ducks, or they're really, you know, they really don't stand out. Or yeah, they weren't. They weren't moving forward, but they weren't really falling back. They were yeah. just. It was. A, it just doesn't. Yeah, I just don't think it's a. You know, I don't think it's something that is going to be. It would be cool to see it like at a Watkins Glen. Yeah, I don't think it's going to work at Ovals. Um, 
Yeah, wh where you see it mostly is it in all the road racing uh, disciplines in uh, motorsports, not only in America but abroad. You want to end on this question? I, I mean, I think we got time for one more, right? Yep. yep. I'm telling you, a lot of people are asking, and since it's fan day this week, a lot of people are going to be here. They're asking where to go here in Kannapolis. I'm not here in Mooresville, Charlotte, Kannapolis area. Go to eat, go to hang out. What would we tell them? Okay. Um, Whiskey River one. Yeah, yeah, Whiskey River, Charlotte. You, you can go down there. There's always going to be uh, great food, great place to drink some beer late in the evening if you want. Um. Yeah, Epic Chop House in Mooresville is always a place I like to mention because uh, the food's really awesome. We Mooresville is a real small town without a lot of you know I would call I guess high end it wouldn't be able to be the name for it but upscale nice place to go besides a fast food restaurant. Lancaster's would be good for a race fan. Lancaster's in. has lots of sheet metal. Yeah, like is that why you, in the nineties? Yeah, racing memorabilia. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Bar Lancaster's Bar Barbecue cute. in Mooresville. Epic Chop House if you want to go a little bit more upscale. Nice dining. Blue Star Grill. Blue Star is awesome. Yeah, that's here in Mooresville. Yep. That's a that's a mom and pop's family run uh, place. Pisces is the best. It's the best sushi in Mooresville, don't yep. you think? Yep. Um, we, me, and, me and Tyler go to Pisces probably, what, twice, two or three times a week. Yeah. Now, wait a second. Every time we have a production, that's what we get for lunch. So he is... No, I get the uh, same thing every time. Oh. <laughs> All right. So you don't really broaden yourself. You do go to Pisces, you get yeah. sushi. They don't have cheeseburgers on the menu. You're No. You do have to. Okay. Okay. Yeah, but think about it, man. Going with him three times a week and he gets the same freaking thing every time. No, I have I no doubt. Always. Ooh, At Pisces, they got about they got three or four that I like. Plus, they got hibachi. Yeah. So yeah. there's like eight options there. So, yeah, there's, there's <laughs> some suggestions. I hope everybody comes to Fan Day. We're expecting a big yeah. crowd. Yeah. So. Supposed to be a nice day, too. Is it? Weather-wise, yeah. Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter. You're under a shade tree. Uh, <laughs> back, backed up in the cul-de-sac. Well, the shade tree won't help us if it's raining. <laughs> but it's not supposed to rain. So. All right. Well, I think that's it. Uh, good questions today on Ask Junior. We'll keep doing this. I uh, appreciate everyone asking. Any closing thoughts, guys? I just appreciate everybody uh, you know, coming on and uh, presenting some questions. Looking forward to next week doing it again. All right. Cool. If you love Dale Jr., then Exalta Racing is your go-to social media account on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It brings you insider's info all weekend long on the 88 team. It's at Exalta Racing, a must-follow for any Dale Jr. fan. All right, looking ahead, Tuesday, today, we're going to do some work for the uh, home renovation show. Uh, this will be the first little bit of work for that, so I'm excited. Wednesday, Junior Motorsports Partner Summit. What is that? We're having a bunch of our sponsor mm -hmm. <laughs> folks come in, yep. and we're going to do a whole day talking about what we do, kind of help them understand the value of the relationship, yep, and yep. how we can maximize their partnership. Um, and then that way, it'll allow them to meet each other yep. as well. So that'll be a cool day. And then we're going to the Speedway Children's Charities Gala in Charlotte yep. downtown for the evening. Thursday, we have practice and qualifying. Qualifies at 7.15 p.m. Eastern Time on Fox Sports 1. Uh, Friday opening the Earnhardt Family Playground at Ryan Newman's Rescue Ranch. What time is that? 9.30. 9 morning? 9.30. Uh, we also have the Junior Motorsports Fan Day autograph session and podcast recording. You guys come on out. When does that open? When, when, when can people be here for the Fan Day? What time? When does it start? 
Nine. Nine in the morning. That's Nine. the first activity. Yeah, that's when all the booths and everything will start. Open. Yeah, the first autograph session's at eleven. But Saturday we got two practices and then the Xfinity race at one PM Eastern on Fox Sports One. Who's in the Xfinity race? Our normal four guys. Okay. Sunday, World Six Hundred. I like that. You put that on there. Yeah. World Six Hundred at six PM Eastern on Fox. Uh we're running a special patriotic nationwide paint scheme. Uh, this is very cool. All the drivers are doing this, right? Yep. They have a name across the windshield. We're honoring Private First Class James McLamrock. 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 Yeah. So James McLamrock. James lost his life in Iraq in 2010. He is from Huntersville, North Carolina. His family will be attending the race, so we'll get to meet them on Sunday as well. Uh, we have a little nationwide meet and greet before the race that we always do, and we'll see those guys there, right? Yep. Pretty awesome. Yeah, they're going to have a good weekend. It'll be fun. Okay. So all the teams, for fans that don't really know this, James's name will be on the windshield of the car. All the other drivers and all the other cars have names as well. Yep. Driver, and you can find out through their social media platforms and so forth on as to the stories behind these folks. Yep. I really like this particular, uh, uh, I, you know, I really like the way that we're able to kind of bring a little more of a a human aspect to this because typically when we honor the military or especially honor uh, people that have lost their lives and so forth, um, you don't really get to know uh, these people individually. So I like how, and this is sort of an all-weekend kind of thing. This is a celebration of this individual over the whole period of the weekend it really brings uh, opportunity for their family to see uh, them be honored. Uh, what I know that is important uh, to the family is that we know who James is. Yep. Right? And this gives us an opportunity to get to know James. Uh, whereas in most other uh, opportunities when we, when we acknowledge uh, the military, it's more of an encompassing global thing. Well, so this is really cool. We get to pick one individual. And uh, I know it's important to his family that uh, we know who he is. So we'll get to know James this weekend, as well as all the other uh, individuals on the other cars. You'll hear stories, uh, and uh, that'll be a lot of fun. That's actually, uh, it's very touching, very emotional. Um, Charlotte's always been a race, particularly with this race weekend, that's um, that's done a great job honoring and remembering the military. Uh, this is probably my favorite uh, thing we do during the season. Um, just because of the human, I don't know, the human connection that you have with that individual. So looking forward to that. And uh, that's that's going to be our weekend. We're uh, we're excited uh, to get to the ra- I'm excited to get to the racetrack, get on the racetrack, start to run, see how fast we are, and uh, get back to work. <clears throat> cool. All right. We'll get to it. All right, guys, that's the show. I hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, thanks, everybody, for uh, coming out and uh listening and are we going to be back here next tuesday nope no where are we next tuesday you're gone i'm gone you're gone oh yeah i'm out of town uh so i'm doing the show on the road on the road yep all right so don't come out here next tuesday if you you're looking to if you do you, yeah, I mean, you may be disappointed <laughs> <laughs> unless you want to buy a t-shirt or a diecast by all means the store will be open heaven but, forbid they come to the store to but buy don't, a, i'm just saying well they you had 18 people show up the other day and we weren't here and they were very mad. I was here. Oh, you were here. 
but yeah. they were upset. They were pissed. So we just want people to be sure that we're not going to yes. be here next weekend. We so. will not be here on the 30th. Yeah. And then will we be back the next week? Let's not yes. get too far ahead we of ourselves. Will, we will be. Yes. Yeah. Okay, good. All right, thanks. The Dale Jr. Download and all Dirty Mo Radio podcasts are made possible by our friends at Exalta. You can subscribe to all eight programs on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and all other major podcasting outlets. As always, you can listen to Dirty Mo Radio podcasts on DaleJr.com. Follow us on Twitter at Dale Jr., at Overstreet Tyler, and at Dirty Mo Radio. Also, check out the Dirty Mo Radio Facebook page. Today's theme song, The Permanent Rain, is by The Dangerous Summer, courtesy of Hopeless Records. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo Radio. 